Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? This is the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and today on the show we have 19th century composer Johannes Brahms and 20th century American journalist Hunter S. Thompson. Fascinating talk, very fun. A uh, couple of quick announcements before we get to the episode proper. Don't forget, you can always check out the freshest episodes every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. Buy my book, The Kelly and Conway Technique. Rate and review the podcast. Tell your friends. And check out my website, jarrettberenstein.com, for all the latest updates on upcoming shows and projects. And, of course, this Sunday... We're doing the birthday show again, everybody. The Sporty 40 is going to be at the Magnet Theater this Sunday, March 24th at 9 p.m. So if you are listening to this, get there. There's going to be free beer, special guests, lots of fun bits. You will not regret it. The Sporty 40 Magnet Theater, March 24th at 9 p.m. But in the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy Hunter S. Thompson and Johannes Brahms. Famous it's time. Famous time to start the show. Famous Dead you know, famous dead people, famous dead people, famous stories stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are 19th century German composer and pianist Johannes Brahms. Hello. And 20th century American journalist and author, founder of the gonzo journalism movement, Hunter S. Thompson. Hello, Nixon. Uh, Mr. Thompson, Mr. Brahms, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Uh, Thank you for having us. Oh, my goodness. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, So let's start off with uh, Johannes Brahms. Okay. So you grew up in a prosperous family in Hamburg. Uh, Don't remind me. Um, Oh, was it Dark Times? Was it for you? No, it's too comfortable. Too comfortable. Too comfortable. That's actually interesting because, yeah, prosperous. Prosperous family, mm, a family yeah. of musicians also, oh. you know, you're bathed in music from the day you were born. How are you supposed to shine in a sea of diamonds? Uh, oh, God, right? yeah. That's everyone, when everyone's a special, no one is. Hmm, interesting. Well, Have you tried be- mescaline? Have you tried <laughs> oh, mescaline? That's, oh, yeah, I, I should. That, that sounds great. It really mm. sounds like, because mm. having done some hallucinogens myself, Hunter S. Thompson, it sounds like uh, Brahms could use some ego death. You know, like, I feel like that would be a really beneficial thing for somebody who's worried about how they're going to shine in a sea of diamonds, yeah. you know? Yeah. Life should be bathed in death. You just take, oh, <laughs> you just I like take that. I like that. And you don't worry He's... about who's the shiniest diamond, right? Oh, That's what you're going yes. for, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so. Let's look at Jared bragging about his drug use. <laughs> oh, yes, I see. <laughs> oh. It's not a brag. I just want to. I'm bragging. relating. Like trying to make us think he's not a suit. Oh, that's no narcs in here. Just because I am wearing a suit today does not make that I am a suit. I have a job interview. Oh. After Goodness. we finish recording today, congratulations oh. on your wedding. I hope it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So, Who, who's the lucky horse? <laughs> yes. Who's the horse that you're marrying? Who's the, you're marrying? who's the horse that you're marrying? Suit. I don't understand why I'm getting burned by Brahms and and Thompson instantly. All right. So here's my question for oh, you, Brahms. Sorry, sorry. So your dad is a musician. I read yeah. like on Wikipedia that his dad, your grandfather, uh, didn't want him to be a musician. Oh, pop, pop. They, 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 they poo-pooed it. They were like, mm-hmm. don't do yeah. that. Yeah. It's pop, a bad pop, life. It was a pop, pop, poo-poo. <laughs> oh, yes. So then he goes and he becomes a pretty successful musician so pretty that he could successful. give a comfortable life to you and your family. Mm. And then you, of course, you're, you're learning music. Yeah. Uh, but then you want to compose in addition I, to play music. Oh, yeah. And they... Disdain that they poo-poo your pop-up, mm. poo-poo's your composing. Yeah. Did you ever talk to your dad about that? Like, hey, this is the same bullshit that yeah. your dad pulled on you. Yeah. And now you're pulling on me. Don't you see the hypocrisy? Let me spread my wings, etc. Yeah. I said pops bullshit. I call it. <laughs> I call it as I sees it, and uh, he just uh, could not understand. He was a very provincial man, and mm. he just wants to play. But I want to compose. I want mm. to do my own thing. He does not understand. I see. And so I ran away from home. Oh, my goodness. I ran away. That's what, right. At what age did you run away from home? Uh, I was 14. 14, 14 years old. And I hopped on a carriage and I took it to Salzburg. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, my yeah. God. And so that's the that's the beginning of your... 
of your journey yes, as a composer. Yes, I, I met Mozart and Bach and Beethoven. And Whoa. yes, we oh had uh, some bruise, some laughs, and then I returned home. That's a real murderer's row of oh, yes. uh, composers oh, it's there. the Green Mile. Wow, that must have been an incredible education for you, just being able to hang out with all those guys in Salzburg. Oh, it was, and but you know parents, they just don't understand. They just don't understand. Can That's I ask true. in that group of, in that group of musicians, yeah. can I ask in that group of musicians, who yeah. is the alpha? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Mm, like what? if you were a group of Sex in the City, like if you were Sex in the <laughs> yes. City, who's Carrie, who's Samantha? I'm, I was clearly the Samantha. <laughs> I clearly everyone knew it. Mozart, the carry. Mm-hmm, uh, okay. Bach, he was uh, the who do we have left? I said Charlotte. I was Charlotte. 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 Yes. I say Beethoven yes, was a Miranda. Beethoven was definitely the Miranda. Miranda. Exactly. And then Salzburg was the yes. fifth member of the group. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so New York City. Salzburg. So New York City. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, it, it was sex in Salzburg. Gotcha. Now I, first or maybe of all, sex and Salzburg. I forget. I, have to say, I think it was sex like in, in the city or sex, sex in the and city. the city. Sex and the city. Yes. I think it was sex in the city. I still don't remember. No, sex and the city. And you guys the are right. city. Sex, sex and, and the city. The city. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I actually, I have a problem with the premise of your question, uh, Hunter S. Thompson, because there, there was no alpha in the Sex in the City group. They were oh. a pack of alphas, you oh. know? There wasn't mm. one woman that stood mm. out and told the rest what to do. They were four oh. strong, independent women who got along with each other and were fine with not one of them being the leader. Actually, they you know loved what? each other. Actually, you know what? I do like that. I do like that. It, it did seem... It did seem Heavily focused on Carrie. Mm. The entire show seemed to be heavily focused yeah. on her. Well, she was the narrator, but that doesn't mean... I understand that she... Uh, she I've seen leader. every episode, Jarrett. I've seen every episode. I understand that she was writing the column, but <laughs> it seemed like there was one who was sort of out front. Gotcha, That's right. Gotcha. I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And uh, and how how dare you to pit women against each other. Exactly. <laughs> yes, Hunter S. I apologize. Thompson. I apologize. You know what? You know what? Uh, saying it all out loud, hearing enough. it all back at me, you know, it feels like I did. I did. There is enough of that in the world already. Oh. Uh, so I wanted to ask you also, Brahms, you know, yes. so there were stories of you playing music as a young man yeah. in bars and brothels. Yeah. Uh, but scholars dismiss these stories because you came from Prospect family so you obviously wouldn't need to you know have that extra cash um and also it was against the law in hamburg for you to be in those brothels because you were so young uh, and it was also illegal for there to be music in brothels at yeah the time. yeah i broke all the rules jared so you actually yes. did do this scholars and experts are full of shit okay they don't know the real johannes or johnny brahms nobody <laughs> knows but me and uh, and I think that that's just bullshit because uh, that's I, I you know I left home and I had my pack of female empowered uh, uh, composers and <laughs> I just went into the Brussels and the bars and I played and I played. Mm. You guys yes. were you were a pack I, uh, of male yes. composers with yeah. use, utilizing the power of female empowerment. Yeah. Amongst you, amongst each yeah, other. Yeah, in 18th century Hamburg. Gotcha. Uh, okay. uh, hey, Jared, did you know that new sound you're looking for? Mm-hmm. Wait, listen to this. <laughs> That's what I said. Wait, but when I, did you say that? I, it wasn't. It wasn't to you. I'm just putting you in the in the thing. But gotcha. um, that's what I said. Okay. That's right. Your friends called you Marvin Brahms. That's right, Marvin mm. Brahms. So and you, you're Chuck Berrettstein. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. That fits. So, that, so yeah. do you say that you made this jump to playing music in bars and brothels because you had to leave home and fend for yourself? Yes, because no one, wow. nobody believed in me, but the brothels. But the brothels. But the brothels and the bars. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, sex workers. That's and what sex they, workers. Yes, sex workers. Wow. Okay. I, I supported them. Oh, I, as well you should have, As I you think. should. As yeah. you should, as we should all. Of course. Well, let's move on to... Uh, in times and memoriam, you support sex workers. Mm, yes. That's right. Into Known the for future. It. Yes. Known for it. We will all, we will continue this journey into the future. Or JB here. Uh, so, uh, oh, I'm a JB too. Oh, I'm a look at us. How about ah, that? Let's form club. So, HT, Hunter S. Thompson. Mm. Uh, you are most well known, as I mentioned in your intro, the founder of Gonzo Journalism, which is, and correct me if I'm wrong, a style of writing, a style of journalism which does not claim to be objective the way that tr- traditional journalism is, and often includes the writer as the main part of the story. So this is a style that you first used in an article that you wrote called The Kentucky Derby is Decadent and Depraved. Am I, am I trying to That is so a far? perfect top paragraph of the Wikipedia description <laughs> of exactly what I came up with. That is perfect. I am definitely <laughs> not. I definitely did not just write that word for word from the Wikipedia. So mm-hmm. now for the people who are listening at home. 
who don't know how that's different uh, from uh, regular. All dozens of you. All <laughs> <laughs> 12 of you listening at home. This is the famous dead people roast of Jared Berenstein. <laughs> Sandra. Misha. Uh, Carrie. Samantha. Gary, Samantha, Samantha. Miranda. Miranda Charlotte. All of them. All my fans. All my regular My fans. girlfriend. My mother. Oh, yes. <laughs> my mother, if she has the link. Mm. Well, make sure to send her the link afterwards. Uh, okay, please. Uh, so she's, uh, she's she'll be able to listen on SoundCloud or whatever. Um, so just based on so so we have this Kentucky Derby article that you wrote in the Gonzo style. But for anybody who might not know, like how Gonzo is different from traditional journalism, would you do you think you'd be able to tell me like the way that a regular article about the Kentucky Derby would sound, and then we can like compare it to first off, if Gonzo you don't know the difference origin. between regular journalism and Gonzo journalism, how dare you? How dare Second you? off, um, I get it. It's fine. You don't have to know what gonzo journalism is. But what I did and what other people did was we got into the truth of mm. what it was that was happening there. And the only way to write the truth is to write it as fiction because fiction is often the best form of truth because fiction can get to the heart of what's actually going on as opposed to those fucking facts that are tearing <laughs> you away from the real reality of what it is to be a human being alive on this earth. Mm. And so what I did was I took a whole bunch of mescaline and I talked to a whole bunch of people and I was really rude. I was extremely <laughs> rude. And then I told people that's the truth of what happened. Mm. I told them I was mean unnecessarily to people who were trying to be polite to me and to have a sense of decorum in a place where there was supposed to be decorum okay. as set by the rules of the event itself. And then I said, fuck your rules. And then I said, everybody, this is the truth. Okay, Hunter, stop. Oh. You, you tossed a lot of stuff at us right oh, just Jared, then. you can't okay. get that on Wikipedia. <laughs> no, not, not that. No. That's not. Are you sure? Because I, oh, I feel like I read very similar things on Wikipedia, oh. but that's neither here nor there. Okay. Uh, so let's let's talk about it then. You, you believe that to fictionalize actual events is the only way that we can get to the truth of them. And I can understand that. Like sometimes you have to step a little bit further away from something in order to get a good idea of what it's like. That makes a lot of sense. Right. So my idea is yeah. to talk about truth. So let's say there's a horse coming up and I don't know any of the horse's name. So let's just say Orange Wall is up. Orange Wall is up at the race line and mm. getting ready to step out. Now I could write an article about Orange Line and tell you all the things that are interesting about Orange Line or, or excuse me, Orange Wall, like the height and the weight and the name of the jockey. Or This is traditional journalism. This is traditional. Like, just, this is just oh the horse is this fast. <laughs> exactly. That's boring. Yeah, uh, <laughs> boring snooze fast. I thought you were doing a horse sound, oh, and I thought no, you would no. include that. Oh, and no, no, this no. Is what a horse sounds like. <laughs> that's my horse. <laughs> so like, like the ones that Jared's going to marry later today. Stop, oh, guys. Sorry. What? Sorry. Why am I getting teased so hard on my show? I today. can't wait to attend your horse wedding. Come on, guys. Good. I can't. Is the horse father going to walk the horse down the aisle? I'm not married. No, a jockey will ride the horse down the aisle, of course. Okay, I'm great. not marrying a horse, guys. I'm on my way to a job interview. That's why I'm dressed like this. Yeah, Jesus. Right. Okay, cool. Okay. What, are you, uh, what are you on your... What's the job? What's that? What job am I? What's the job to be the husband of the horse? Uh, yeah, that requires no resume. You know what? That is, not, that is none of your business what job I'm going out for. Fine, it just, it fine. Just, I am wearing a suit. Okay. I'm going out for a very important and influential job, which which I'm going to get, and you okay. guys can look real silly for making fun of me. All right, necktie. Okay, so... Regular article, snooze fest. This is the jockey's name. But this if I'm getting rhythm. really to the truth, if I'm getting mm -hmm. really to the truth, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to name the horse something else other than Greenwall. I'll name it Haldeman. And Haldeman. then I'm going to make it all about Nixon and how everybody there is a Nixon appointee. And I'm going to talk about Spiro Agnew. And mm. I'm going to talk about Richard Nixon and lies and Vietnam. And we should all have guns, baby. And we should fire them off in the air because death is change and change is life. Mm. So, that, so you would say that that was almost like an excerpt from the the article. The Kentucky Derby is decadent and depressed. That is the like top little paragraph of the, gotcha. the top paragraph of the Kentucky Derby article that I wrote. Now I read on the Wikipedia that this was sort of an accident. We got to get you out of Wikipedia. My well, that's friend. literally the. I mean, without Wikipedia, there's no this show, guys. That is that is the extent of my research. When I'm going to go to the library and read a biography, come on. Uh, you should send the link for donations. <laughs> for Wikipedia donations. Do you have a Patreon, Jarrett? Yeah. I, I should have a Patreon. I have I have enough uh, material, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> oh, so. Another brag. Another brag. <laughs> oh, I've got enough material to have a Patreon. Oh, sure. Oh, oh. boy, man. You must really uh, be burning the midnight oil. Oh. So I read on the Wikipedia that developing Gonzo was actually kind of accidental because you were facing a deadline. And so you just started ripping pages out of your notebook and sending it 
and saying like, here's the article, go print that. Is that right? Yeah. Have you seen Almost Famous? I have seen Almost Famous. Yeah. Yeah. You remember at the end of the movie when the kid hasn't written anything yet and he's just sending pages and pages of notes off yeah. to Rolling Stone. And the, the editor is like, it's just pages and pages of notes. I can't. What am I going to do? How am I going to write this? Is that, you ben, know, blah, ben Fong. Blah. That mm. was the name of the editor. Ben Fong Torres. Ben Fong Torres. Ben Fong Torres. That's right. That's right. Yes. That's right. At one point in the movie, he even says, we don't want you just partying with rock stars. We already have a Hunter S. Thompson. Mm. No, uh, sorry, cool. sorry to correct you. Sorry cool. to correct you. He says, we already have a Hunter Thompson. So <laughs> that's how cool Ben Fong Torres was. Didn't need that. So excuse me. That's how cool Ben Torres was. BFP. <laughs> No, I, actually, I probably should say Ben Fong Torres because I believe it was hyphenated. I believe it was hyphenated. Mm, that makes sense. And writing on that hyphen was the name Nixon. I see. And then right underneath it was Agnew. And if you said that name out loud, it was a legal vote counted for Spiro Agnew. I think, and who was the guy that in Real House Nixon? Because your your character made a short cameo in that movie, Almost Famous, at the very end when they're going through the notes and trying to figure out how to make it a story. I, th- I believe it was Rain Wilson was you. Uh, sort of like smoking a cigarette on the side, or that could just be a guy who looked kind of Hunter S. Thompson like. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Yes, 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 yes. But 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 it's a, but it's a real person. Oh fuck! It's it's the guy. It's the guy that was in that movie. I think it's Rain Wilson. Isn't Rain Wilson? Well, no, Rain Wilson was playing the part, but he was playing somebody else who's really famous in Rolling Stone history. And, oh, oh not God! S. I can't think of his name. Neither He's, here nor there. He, here nor he, there. he did have a role in a John Travolta film. That also had uh, Jamie Lee Curtis knows about. Uh, it was about uh, oh, the 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 exercise craze in the eighties. Mm, I remember oh. I saw the GIF of them working out. Uh, so, but um, I wanted to ask you. So you're just ripping you're ripping notes out of your notebook and sending it along to Rolling Stone. Did you accidentally send anything that wasn't meant to be in the article that they then included, and you were like, oh no, that wasn't. Yeah, that was on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I so didn't like, mean to you, send that over. I so didn't you mean. sent like shopping list, mm-hmm. like a shopping list, or uh, like yeah. a, or maybe like a part of your diary that yeah. like told everybody who you had a yeah, crush on. Amyl nitrates, uh, <laughs> uh, a salt shaker full of cocaine, oh. a salt shaker full oh. of uh, just salt shakers. That's, were that's easy your to grocery around. list. That's like I, I am <laughs> out. I am out of my salt shaker of cocaine. Yeah. I am yeah. out one yeah. salt shaker of. I'm also out of salt. <laughs> Everything has been hilariously unseasoned. Oh, hilariously unseasoned, oh. like a like a white person's potluck. If oh. you're just joining us, this is. Oh, 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 oh. I believe he's got a Patreon oh. with material like that. This is hot, hot, If you're hot. just joining us, this is famous dead people on Radio Free Brooklyn, and nobody is spared on this show. My um, guests today are 20th century American journalist and author Hunter S. Thompson. Hit subscribe, please. Hunter Thompson, if you are Ben Torres. And 19th Because you guys are so close. And Nixon Agnew. 19th century German composer and pianist Johannes Brahms. Uh, I support your Patreon. Uh, thank you, Johannes. Yes, I support it. Do you get, Wait, what do are you the like gifts? The, do you like the extra content that, that you get on the oh, Patreon? so much. Behind I like the paywall. Behind the paywall. <laughs> I like uh, all the behind the scenes. Of, uh, yes. Yeah, I do a lot of audio of me on the road driving with other comics, you oh, know, yeah, for when yeah. I'm doing road gigs or we've, even when I'm on my way to do this show, I'll just do like, you know, a little audio recording. Oh, yeah. That, that's where that's where the content is, is hot, 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 baby. <laughs> that would actually be a really good gonzo journalism piece. Uh, fear and loathing behind the paywall. Ooh, behind the paywall. I like that. So let's go back to Brahms for just a moment. So uh, okay. I read on the Wikipedia, you're a bit, a bit of a perfectionist. Yeah. Your yeah. earliest work was published under a pseudonym, G.W. Marx, mm. and I would love to know the origin of that pseudonym. Uh, George Washington Marx. George Washington Marx. George Washington Marx. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Just a big fan of George Washington? Big fan, yeah. Mm. I, I heard about all the things he was doing in America, and I said, that sounds real cool. And uh, I was like, oh, I wish I was that tall. And uh, those kinds of things. <laughs> did you wish that you were a little bit taller? Oh, I wish I was a baller. <laughs> I'd call her. I'd definitely call her. I'd, I'd get to my phone and I'd call her. <laughs> mm, okay, so what, what about the marks though? So G.W. Marks, George Washington Marks. Oh, Karl Marks. Oh, yes, interesting. Yeah. So I was like, hey, who's this guy in America I like? Who's this guy um, in Russia I like? So I said, uh, all right, let's put some together. That's fun. I that's Carl that. with a K. That's interesting. Mm, yeah, it's Carl. Yeah. With What's he that hiding is, behind that K? That is communism. Uh, he's hiding behind the KKK. We think we have just made a national treasure style connection here between so, Karl Marx and the KKK. Everything together. Everything is connected. Karl Marx. Carl with a K. Oh. KKK. <gasps> Oh, oh my God! Oh. And, uh, the treasure is hidden at the White House. Oh, no. oh my God! We got to go now. 
It was actually because Carl was starring in a one-man show called Carl, Carl, Carl. <laughs> That's when I knew. I thought that Tony, Tony, Tony was uh, opening for him. That was a, that was oh. a hot bill. That was a hot ticket. Oh, yeah. It was so, a great yeah. show. I wanted to ask you, uh, Brahms, about your early work. Mm-hmm. So... In addition to the pseudonym, which I'm mm. assuming is because you have you you didn't you were a perfectionist, you didn't want to put your name on this. Yeah. You also later in your career, you asked your friends to give you copies of your early work so that you could destroy it. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that you refused to publish because you didn't think that it was good enough. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to know, did you like going forward just want to completely expunge the record of everything that you did when you were younger? Yeah. Before the internet, it was easy to do. So you just ask your friends, hey, remember that thing I wrote? Bring it over. I'm going to have a bonfire. Mm. And so that's what we did. And um, because, uh, it's like, you know, you read your old diaries from high school Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, so dramatic. (laughs) Oh, I liked this boy. Oh, no. This girl, uh, it's problems. It's and uh, so I said, hey, no, no need to keep this going in, uh, in Hamburg. Let's destroy it. Mm, okay, I so was you were embarrassed. You were confident. Did anybody ever like hold out? Like, no, this is so good. Yeah, this my, is my favorite per piece yeah. that I have. Yeah, my friend Jennifer. Jennifer. I said, Jennifer, bring it over, and she's like, No, I like it. And I'm like, No, you can't. You can't possibly like this. Mm. And so Jennifer, I had to go over to her flat, and I took it, and oh I god. ate it. <gasps> oh, you I ate it in front it. of her. I ate it in front of her. Oh my god! And I said, You wait here. I'm going to shit it out. <laughs> That that's what you can keep, Jennifer. What happens when you what happens when you uh, eat music? Does it eat have music. any kind of psychotropic effects? Uh, nine. But yeah, my I, guess is no. Because it's paper and ink. It's, yeah, it's oh, just okay. paper and ink. Yeah. But um, but just, well, well, I hear paper, paper. different kinds of papers. Yes, okay. yes, that's acid. But we didn't have that in Hamburg, mm. unfortunately. Shame. It's a shame. I know. It's a shame. Mm. Shame. Wow. You know what I would have said if I had been you in the situation? But, not to, but, not to do to editing. Oh, let me know. I would have said, you know what? When this comes out, it'll be shit, which is fitting because it was shit before, and now it's Patreon. shit again. Wow, <laughs> Patreon. Oh wow. Material. This is, this is all good for it. Let's, can I ask? Uh, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, can, go ahead. Can I ask a follow up question please. to Brahms? Um, so uh, you said that you were very embarrassed and that you that 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 that, that wasn't quite you. But if you yeah. don't mind me asking, uh, what was the difference between your early material and your later material? Oh yeah, early material. I didn't use my left hand as much, and the later ones, I said, let's throw in some more left hand. And so that's so it was uh, not as much of the notes uh, early on. And so mm. I said I learned more notes. And so I, I put those in later on. So when you listen to like an early Brahms, the yes. left hand yeah. is doing like nothing. It's nothing. It's you just know. sort of like hanging out. It's just empty. Smoking a, a big fat <laughs> joint. And uh, so then I said, you know what? Let's add some more of that, that just, other left hand. As a creative. Like early that, Beatles, late Beatles. Uh, exactly. Yeah. As a creative, that must drive you crazy. You just listen to this like left hand. It's like, do oh, something. It was there the do whole time. Something. It was the whole time. It was there are there. notes for you to play. Oh, God. Get in there, oh, left hand. Get in the left hand. Where's that bottom end? <laughs> That's right. And it's so, all tenor. Oh, it's so all high. That's yeah. right. And so I said, add that in. And so I can't listen to the other music I had before. Mm, I okay. won't listen. Let's focus on my new stuff. My new stuff is my good stuff. Yeah, my new stuff is my good gotcha. stuff. Yes. Let's, let's move over to uh, Hunter S. Thompson for a moment. So mm. you grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, going through your biography, it seems like your first experiences with journalism were through the Athenium Literary Association. Yes. A school-sponsored literary and social club that dated all the way back to 1862. So 1952, you join, you're 15 years old, you write articles for them, you help them with the yearbook. But I'm curious, like, if there were other things that this association did because it was described as a social club— Wikipedia says that the members tended to be from the wealthiest families in Louisville. No, sure. And so I'm wondering, were there other things that you guys would do besides that maybe weren't literary um, involved with writing or journalism or anything like that? The oh, Athenium sure, literary sure, 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 sure. We shot guns. Mm, uh, they'd okay. give us guns and we would go out into somebody's backyard and then we would put up like a, like a Coke, like a Coke bottle mm. up on a branch. And then we would take out our pistols and we would look at each other. We would say, all right, motherfucker, what's the truth? <laughs> Wait, what? Wow, that's serious. Wait, you put up a Coke bottle and instead of shooting the Coke bottle, you just point the guns at each other and then demand to know what the truth was. Demand to know what the truth is. Demand to know what's happening in your world, what's happening at home. Okay. Do you ever do that? 
Jarrett, you ever put your friend in a really horrible, dangerous position in order to see what kind of metal they're made of? Well, uh, I mean, I like my friends to be comfortable. I like my friends to be to be able to enjoy themselves. Vast difference feel- between you and me, my friend. <laughs> okay. Very, 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 very different. different One of a very short list of differences between me and Hunter S. Thompson. Like, you see this giant flaming hot knife that I have in my hand right now? Oh, oh wow. Jesus. Where did you, you get right that? Now. Put it out. Wow, I'm looking at you right out. now. Put it in. Oh. I have a bucket of sand. I want you to put that knife in uh, that bucket of sand Jared, right now. Jared, I couldn't bring in my food, but he gets to bring in a giant flaming uh, knife. Well, <laughs> well, in Jared's defense, in Jared's defense, food could harm the equipment. Oh, that's right. That's this right. Just I, did put, only... I did put on the email, no food in the studio. That's I right. did not say no flaming knives in the studio. Oh. Jared, oh, I want to know, you're marrying a horse later on. I'm not marrying a horse. You're you marrying, marrying this a horse. horse. I don't care you're how many flaming knives you point at me. I'm not going to say that I'm marrying a horse I've got later three today. more back here, baby. Jesus. Oh, where That's did right. it come from? Put him in the sand right now, Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, so there's a bucket of sand <laughs> right there. Yes, put him in the sand. I want to know, are you going to treat this woman well? Uh, the woman that I eventually, the, wom- the human woman that I eventually marry. No, yes. The horse. It's yes. A horse woman. Female horse. I will eventually treat the woman that I marry very well. The human woman. Yes. Okay, but what about the horse? I'm not marrying a horse. Hunter S. Thompson, you put those flaming knives down. I swear to fucking God, Hunter S. Thompson. All right, I'm not going to put them down, but I am going to put them away. <laughs> and I'm going to hold on to them over here. And okay. I want you to know throughout this entire podcast, I am holding on to them. Yeah, you might and they've notice. got your name written on them right here. Jarrett, Jarrett, Barrett. And the Jared Barrett, Jared Barrettstein. That tracks. But there's a <laughs> there's a there's a hyphen between Barrett and Steen, mm-hmm. and on the top uh, Nixon, and Nixon. then on the bottom Agnew. I, I see you, truth. suit. The truth. I see you, suit. I see. Jesus, so we would do that, things like that. That is absolutely terrifying. But also that makes sense. I mean, the wealthiest families in Louisville are part of the association. You expect a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't Have you know. ever known a rich person that wasn't absolutely fucking crazy? Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely not. They're all absolutely a little fucking bananas. crazy. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to ask you, but you got kicked out of that association because you were an accessory to robbery. Oh. You were the only thing that says online is that you were in a car with somebody who was a robber, and mm. so when he got caught, you were an accessory to that robbery. Yeah. yeah Do you yeah, remember yeah. the details of that story? Because it's not anywhere online. Yeah. So I told people that there was another person in the car, but it was my car. I was driving the car. I was the okay. one who was robbing places, oh. and I was going around and I was holding up knives. And I said, <laughs> "You tell me the it's truth, motherfucker. You tell oh. me the truth." And I held up a gun Wait, so sometimes. What, what were you? robbing you're just asking them what the truth was did you rob anything uh i robbed their sense of security okay okay so all right so then stealing the truth from them so Mm. so swiftly your car gets pulled over by the cops Mm -hmm. do you then just like jump in the passenger seat and are like i wasn't driving it was him he was the robber and then he ran away i guess yeah yeah yeah. I i just hopped in and i said i will do whatever you say i promise i will do whatever you say i will go and i will sit in the back seat Please don't tell my dad. Oh my God. Oh. Please don't tell my a dad. a different side of Hunter S. Thompson wow. here. Oh no. Yeah, wow. well, wait until you meet Hunter S. Thompson Sr. Oh my oh. goodness. Oh. Hunter S. Thompson Sr. was a real piece of shit. Wow. Oh. It sounds like we all have the daddy issues. All mm. of us. Yeah, you know, all of us. We all have very special relationships with our with our parents, you know, yes. whether it is the, the male or the female. You know, that's right. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a minefield, an emotional minefield. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We're gonna have to come to a break really shortly, but let me uh, kick it over to Brahms very quickly. Kick it to me. I wanted to ask you. So, in 1850, you're 17 years old. You meet a Hungarian violinist Mm. named Edie Remenye, who introduces you to the gypsy style of music that you later incorporate into your most popular music, the Hungarian dances. Mm. Gypsies, tramps, and thieves. The Wikipedia doesn't say anything about contact with actual gypsies but i'm wondering after you heard the music did you do any more research did you seek out any actual gypsies did yeah you try to immerse yourself a little more in the culture yeah i joined uh, a hungarian gypsy camp Ooh, and okay. we went through uh the, the magia areas of budapest mm. and uh beautiful that's, uh, yeah it's a beautiful place uh and so they 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 let me in and jared was a gypsy curse a gypsy cursed me. Oh my god! Yes, yeah, they put yeah, a gypsy yeah. curse they put on you. put a gypsy curse on well, me. Well, first of all, why? Uh, yeah, okay. Well, uh, I stole her crystal ball. <laughs> oh, I should not have. I you just should never do that. I should never have done it. It was it's comical that she even had one. Okay. Uh, and so I stole it. I wanted to see my own future, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, I could not make it work because I'm just a, a child of wealthy parents. Mm, uh, you really and, have to be a gypsy in order to work. That's it. right. Yes. Yeah. And she said, "Oh, your hair is going to fall off." Oh my god! And so that's why I'm bald. 
Oh, I will, because I'm wearing wigs right now. You the cannot op- tell. The opposite of a werewolf. <laughs> is that right? I was using the opposite of a werewolf. Gypsies, a lot of people don't know, gypsies have two curses. One with hair, one without. That's mm. right. Who's the anti-lycanthropy? Lycan- Anti-lycanthropy. Lycanthropy. Yeah, that lycanthropy. Was it. it was the opposite. Well, unfortunately, we each had a different pronunciation well, of that. that <laughs> but you know what? They were all correct. Uh, we've got to take a short break, but we'll be right back with Johannes Brahms and Hunter S. Thompson of Famous Dead People. Stay with oh, us. Hey, everybody. Just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars. Leave a comment. Tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioForBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us. Whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 20th century American journalist and author, founder of the gonzo journalism movement, Hunter S. Thompson, <laughs> and 19th century American, uh, sorry, 19th century German composer mm-hmm. and pianist, Johannes Brahms. Hello. Uh, so let's uh, move over to, to Hunter S. Thompson for just a moment. So you started working in journalism right after being discharged from the Air Force. Sure. And I saw a, a pattern of behavior, negative interaction actions with people that you worked for uh, a pattern of disdain for authority. Can you believe it? And I would <laughs> I'd like never to, have guessed. I'd like to ask you about a few of the incidences if you if you wouldn't mind. Uh, first there was your job as a copy boy for Time magazine. Uh, you were fired for Wait, where's any- all this information going? Wait, you're you asking me all of these things, but where is it? What, what are you going to do with all of this information? Well, yeah. no, I'm just it's just for the for the radio show, just for people to know more about you, people who are fans of you, people who are fans of history. That I want to get to the real story. I just want to make sure that this doesn't go into the hands of Sparrow Agnew. Spiro, I think oh. you're I think you're safe. I think mm. I think you're safe. Uh, so yeah, you were fired from your job as a copy boy at Time Magazine for insubordination, uh, but does not say on Wikipedia what you did. To be labeled insubordinate by your superiors at Time Magazine. So I was just wondering if you knew, if you could remember what happened where they were like, you were insubordinate. Uh, well, first, I, it should be copy person, copy not person. copy boy. Well, hold on a second yes. there, okay. Brahms. Because, yes, obviously, today, yes. yes. But the position back then, oh. there were no girls back then who did that. Oh, no. No girls at all back not then. Not because they didn't want to. <laughs> They didn't exist in not Time because, Magazine. Not because they didn't want to, but because of sexism back then. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So obviously- now, I know you're reading verbatim from an article. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yes, of course. Uh, had you been, had you had the job today, it would be copy person, yes, but because it was back then, it was copy boy. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. And, and I was a grown man. I was about 25 years old, but the <laughs> uniform at the time was knickerbockers, mm. uh, lederhosen, some shoes, mm. suspenders, and wow. a big cap. And they so gave, like, I came in, showered every day, but they covered me in soot. Okay. Oh, so this was right. like, um, it's like a newsy. Or, or like mm-hmm. a, I was going to say like Oktoberfest almost, like uh, the Lederhosen. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> uh, either, or, either or works. I, I okay. was, <laughs> you were going for more of a newsy look? Uh, it was, it was sort of a cross. It was, okay. it was, uh, it was sort of an Oktoberfest slash newsy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, instead of being called crutchy, they called it crutchy. Crachi. Mm, okay. Yes. Yeah. And so you were like, I'm not going to wear that. And they were like, that's insubordinate. Get the hell out of here. Pack up your things. Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, no, I just took a shit in a guy's chair. <laughs> oh, okay, that, that's see. like what I did to Jennifer. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, to who? Jennifer, my friend. When you... I shit out my music. Oh, that's right. I, I forgot to mention. I of did course. it on her chair. Mm. I pity the horse that you're going to marry because you can't, you're not listening. You're not, not listening at all. You were also Listening fired. is a big part of relationships, Jared. I don't think you understand that. Maybe, you're, maybe your views are too old-fashioned. Sounds like you a know, Sparrow Agnew motherfucker to me. You know, Hunter Thompson, I was listening when you described the outfit, which is why I assumed that you're so, you were listening to a man. You were listening to a man. 
And of course, you, want, you Brahms is a man, but it's but as I'm soon as Brahms mentions too. Jennifer, as soon as Brahms mentions <laughs> yeah. Jennifer, yeah. you Who's check that? out. I don't oh, remember. That's right. Oh. Oh, I don't. I don't pay attention so, to women's names. You. Oh no. You'd better treat this horse right. Now oh. you are. I'm not marrying a horse. You, you were are. also fired from the Middletown Daily Record for damaging an office cough, uh, candy machine. Mm. Do you remember the story behind that? Damaging the office candy machine. Yeah, I took a shit in the machine. Took a shit. Okay, mm-hmm. so two that's shit related hard. offenses. Yeah. Uh, lastly, you wrote for the National. Observer, uh, an edit and a review of Tom Wolfe's 1965 essay collection, but they refused to print it, and so you left. And so I'm wondering why they refused to print your review of Tom Wolfe's essay collection, and why you thought that was such a huge offense that you could no longer work for the National Observer anymore. You know Tom Wolfe, right? Oh yeah, yeah. electrochloric acid test. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, this guy. Right. Okay, so. I read his book and I thought this guy is this guy is great. This guy is this, this guy is. <laughs> could have gone either really, way there. Oh, is that was positive? Really could have okay. gone either way. I misjudged it. <laughs> you never know where I'm gonna go. I'm like a gun. I'm creating life Wait, through no, death. You exact. You know exactly where a bullet's gonna come out of a gun. Just to yeah. let you. There's no. Unless you're pointing uh, it at JFK. a coke bottle or not. <laughs> JFK. JFK. Where was the second gunman? Hmm? Where was it? I don't think. Where was the second gunman? Was there one? Well, there's no evidence that there was a second. Lee Harvey. Oh, suit. You better watch your fucking mouth. Suit. Okay. So here's. So all right. So there is Lee Harvey Oswald. He's over here. The grassy knoll, right over here. Where is that? That bullet is magic. Do you mind? Do you mind if we get back to Tom Wolfe's essay collection and why they refused to print your review of it for the National Observer? It's your show, Jarrett. It's your show. I'm just here. Okay. So yeah, tell us all about that. So you asked us an electrical aid acid test. Yes, uh, yes, Tom and I Wolf. thought, and I thought it's great. He's a great guy. I thought it's so good, and as I was taking it, I took a whole bunch of mescaline, and it made me have to take a shit really, really bad. And so I went over to the typewriter. I wrote an incredible review, thoughtful. It was concise. It was pithy. It got out all of the details. Mm. It even had bullet points. And then I took a shit. I put it inside <laughs> an envelope. I mailed it to the editors of Time Magazine, and I said, "You print this, you motherfuckers." Okay, so I see a whole yeah. bunch of problems with. I, I think I know why the National. Surfer did decide not to print this because oh, number one, wait, was there a problem? One, was there a problem? <laughs> number one, a problem? you'd never sent it to them. Mm. Instead, you sent a letter full of shit to Time Magazine. And so I can completely well, it understand. It was a review full of shit. Okay, a review yeah. full of shit. A yeah. thoughtful review. That mm. makes a lot of sense then. Yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> let's, let's go back over to Brahms for just a moment. So, okay. so uh, uh, 1878, you were an internationally. Uh, renowned composer, you decide mm. to change up your image a little bit and you grow a large beard. That's right. And I wanted to ask you about this one incident that happened. Uh, the beard is pretty new. Mm. Uh, you decide to play a trick on a friend of yours. You introduce yourself to a friend of yours as music director Mueller. Mm-mm. And when he realizes that it's you, you all begin, quote, laughing heartily at the perfect success of Brahms' disguise. That's right. It you was remember perfect. this incident? It was, it was a perfect disguise. Gotcha. Describe that disguise. <laughs> okay. It was, well, as you know, I was bald. So I, from the gypsy curse. So mm-hmm. I had a wig on mm-hmm. and I had the beard, the new beard, Brand fresh, new beard. fresh grown hair. Really nice that the gypsy didn't also make it so you couldn't it's, grow a beard. It was everything but the beard area. Okay. That's right. Uh, and uh, I, I wasn't content with just a goatee or a Van Dyke or just a devil's beard. I needed the whole thing. So it's, mm. you're picturing a Santa Claus beard okay. for Santa. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also, I had some pretty cool shades on. So I had these sunglasses, uh, beard, wig. And I said, hey, ich bin Mueller. And so he's like, oh, okay, cool. I don't know who Mueller is. And I said, oh, it's, it's me. That's, I'm Mueller. And uh, and so then I took the glasses off and I said, JK, it's just Johnny B. You know me. And so everyone, we laughed heartily as we, as Hamburg is the only way to laugh is heartily. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did. We laughed. And Can you so- give us a taste of that? <laughs> Oh picture that from four Germans. And that's that's a sound. That sounds that's that, a beautiful oh, sound. Whoa, 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 whoa. That sounds like a warm cu- cu- cup of cocoa oh, yes. right there. So I was yes, I was <laughs> known for for my disguises well, and for I, my tricks. I actually pranks. wanted to ask you because the Wikipedia mentions that you that, that it says it says this was typical of practical jokes 
uh, for you. Yeah. This this yeah. little disguise that you did. So you did yeah. other pranks like this? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I would get the fake hands mm-hmm. and that I would sit at the piano and then I would pull out my hands so those fake hands were on the piano and I would pretend like my hands were like detached from me and I would scream and I had uh, uh, the sp- tomato sauce come out <laughs> and it looked like I had lost my hands and I was bleeding all over the audience oh my God. and I laughed and laughed and now, they were very scared now can I can I ask you a question <laughs> yes because when you yeah. when you showed your friends that it was you and not director Mueller yeah you said JK it's only me Johnny B yeah um is was that like your tagline after all your pranks yeah did you yeah t- okay yeah. so after the hands one yeah JK <laughs> it's, it's just it's me Johnny B you know me and then everyone laughs hard yeah they they laugh, laugh hard, and they're like oh, yeah you're good you got us <laughs> very good you sound like you would have been really exhausting to hang out <laughs> uh yeah wow, I'm, a, I'm a handful wow. uh, I'm two handfuls well, hey hey pot what's up kettle this is uh Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> I don't understand the reference <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you seem really cool and down to earth, Hunter. Yeah, definitely not exhausting to hang yeah. out with Hunter S. Thompson, constantly throwing flaming knives please, in please, your face. Please, we're friends. Hunter Thompson. Hunter Thompson. Oh, Hunter. oh, wow. Oh. What am I, Ben Fong? <laughs> Torres. I had, no, I had no idea that we were on a um, leaving out the middle name basis. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Hunter Thompson, you first rose to prominence as I don't a- like that anymore, Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> Okay, Nobody's going to know who you're talking about. Uh, you first rose to prominence as a journalist with your book, Hell's Angels, mm. uh, where you spent a year living and writing with the famous motorcycle gang. You wrote a firsthand account of their lives and experiences. The book was extremely successful, universally praised, mm. but the Hell's Angels beat you up over this book because they felt like you were exploiting them. Is that right? Yes, they did. I told them that any amount of money that I made from this book, I would donate straight back to... The Hell's Angels organization. Okay. So, and then you did that. No, I did not. <laughs> no, no, no. I kept all of the money. Okay. I kept it all. I can see why they would be upset about that then. Mm, well, I don't, well, I mean, you know, a bunch of idiots. I mean, come mm. on. What did you think I was going to do? Yes, I'm going to hang out with a bunch of violent drunks who'd sit around taking cocaine, getting more violent, drinking more whiskey, getting more violent, riding on a motorcycle. Yeah, it's that like, sounds like you, except for the motorcycle. You know, it's it's a little bit like what you said earlier, Brahms. Like, how how do you shine in a sea of diamonds? Oh, that's right. You know, that's I right. think you were just upset because everyone there was just like you, Hunter S. Thompson. Guess what, baby? Hmm. I'm more nuts than you are. <laughs> That's what that's what you said to. That's what I told to the Hell's Angels. Wow. I'm more yeah. than you. Wow. Okay. And then and then and then it was so bad that they needed work, and so that's when they started to become a security force for uh, music festivals. Oh, that's right. Did not last very long. Did not did not last very long. Well, they they had one real high profile gig, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's all you need. And com- and did a did a really horrifying job. With they it. did. Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it depends yeah. on who you ask. Yeah. Um, did, did you- the people there, I think, that was really terrible. Uh, did you threaten them with your knives, your flaming knives? Was they? Uh, did you? Were they threatened by that? I threatened them with the sharpness of my wit and uh, these knives. Ah! They're back. That's oh right. The flaming That's right. knives are back. I'm putting them Jesus. away. I'm putting them so away. the Hell's Angels will not intimidated by your flaming knives at all, and they still beat you up over the book. No, they said there's like a hundred of us. Right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so like one guy got flaming knife stabbed. The other 99 beat the shit out of you. Not even one guy did. They're all really fast. Oh, I see. They're all really fast. They're all like really large guys. I shouldn't say that they're all idiots. Um, They're all, uh, because they could probably all kill me uh, easily. And they're uh, they're probably still around. I don't actually know that, but they probably are still around. They're probably really nice guys. Maybe they've mellowed out. I don't know. People mellow out with age. People People mellow out with age. Some people do. They do. Definitely. You know who mellowed out hard with age? Hmm. Uh, A lot of people do. (laughs) Yeah, literally everybody. Most people do. There's that classic Hunter S. Thompson specificity that that you know that you can find. You start seeing family members die and you go, fuck, I gotta gotta take it down. People have pain in their lives. That's right. Uh, So I wanted to ask you, though, about the book. Was there anything in the book? You don't have to want to, just ask. That would surprise somebody. Like, they wouldn't expect that that was something that uh, the, the Hells Angels would do or, like, a story from the Hells Angels or... Maybe conversely, you had to edit some things out of the book because they were either too out of character for the uh, Hells Angels or maybe they were too fantastic and you thought no one would believe it. Well, like, they kind of thought all of this was a means to an end being a Hells Angel. That mm-hmm. wasn't the actual philosophy, ride or die to life, brothers on bikes. Mm-hmm. It was really more they were all together because, frankly, they were all in between relationships. Okay. Mm-hmm. They all had old ladies, but like they were all in between, in between relationships. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the plan was for them to ride around for a while, think on their feelings. 
mm. think on their feelings. And then to go back into the workforce and try and find a good job. Most of them, if you ask any Hell's Angel, any Hell's Angel, they have a remarkable amount of information about health insurance. Interesting. Oh, a remarkable wow. amount of insurance. If it's if it's life insurance, if it's home insurance, fire, if it, fire, <laughs> fire. <laughs> if you ask it's anybody, a, they'll give you a quote. So you're saying that the Hell's Angels is really kind of more of a uh, an artist retreat, you know, like these insurance salesmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would go out mm-hmm. and you would like find yourself a little bit. You'd recharge, then you go back to the to the workforce. Sure. Have you ever seen the film City Slickers? I have seen the film City Slickers. So it was a bunch of men approaching forty, and they're all not sure what to do with their lives, and so they go out into the wilderness to experience what life without without. Uh, controller security is like. Mm, so that yeah. was the Hell's Angels. A bunch of Billy Crystals and Bruno Kirby's. Daniel Stern. I, maybe it's Bruno's Kirby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Stern. John Lovitz in the second one. And then one. later John Lovitz, of course. Uh, later the, John search Lovitz. <laughs> the search for Curly's Gold. The search for Curly's Gold. All being led by charismatic Jack Palance. Oh, oh right. well, in the in the first one, the second one, Jack Palance's uh, brother. Twin. Played by real Jack Palance's actual twin. I find that hard to believe. It, yeah, it wouldn't it was, just get Jack Palance to play the role of his own twin. It was Mac Palance. Mac Palance. Wow. Mac Interesting. Palance. Well, yeah. unfortunately, if you're just uh, joining us, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests today are 19th century German composer and pianist Johannes Brahms. Yo. And 20th century American journalist and author Hunter S. Thompson. Yo. Uh, so let's go back to Brahms for just okay. a moment. So when you were still a young composer, mm. you sent some of your music to the composer Robert Schumann, mm. but the package was returned unopened. Wait, are you yeah. talking about Bob Schumann? Uh, 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 Ralphie. Ralphie Schumann. Ra- my friend Ralphie Schumann. Oh, I actually, called him my friend, but he was not treating me as didn't such. Treat you for, he didn't mm. even read the music that no, you sent he did him. Not, he did not. I actually have from the Wikipedia to Robert uh, K. Schumann, but oh. I guess if you're friends, you don't have to say the K. Uh, yeah, I, I just say Ralphie. Okay, gotcha. I, it's actually I, Robert K. Uh, hyphen Schumann. Mm. Ah, that's right. It makes sense. Yeah. But then years later, you meet Schumann. He's mm. so impressed with your work that he writes an article nominating you as one of the, quote, fated to give expression to the times in the highest and most ideal manner. Yeah. So this mm. praising, this ringing praise of your work. Yeah. But but Schumann didn't even open your earlier package. Did you ever call him out yeah, on that? Yeah, like- all the time. I was like, too little, too late, Schumann. <laughs> You're, I thought you were the man and you are not the man oh Schumann. God. Yeah. So I was like, uh, you, what a what a fucking hypocrite you are. That's what I said to him. And I was like, get out of my face. You just, now since I'm famous, you want a piece of this? Get out of here. Good for you, yeah. Brahms. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You love my work so much? Well, you could have heard it like uh, three years yeah, earlier. If you open the fucking thing, you then I your sent it to you. mail, yeah, Schumann. Get out of here, mm-hmm. Schumann. I no longer want to talk to you. So, is <laughs> so that, what happened that's what next? You killed him? I, no, I killed him out of my mind, which is what oh. I can do. I just I shut that door. And so that's worse than killing him. Wow. So it's like, you're dead to me. That's incredible. Yeah. Now, uh, I read that also you didn't like what he wrote because you thought it raised the expectations too high. Yeah, it's like, all na- the pressure. How am I going to live up to what you said about me? I'm fated to give expression to the times in the highest and most ideal manner. Yeah. Like, like what the fuck, man? It's like, what's the fuck? I mean, I'm just trying to crank out my tunes, mm-hmm. crank out my, my gems. And so, and I was just like, I got to be me. I got to be all Johnny B. And he just like didn't understand it and wanted to make it something more. Mm. And I said, no, nine. <laughs> Get out of here. If you could go back in time and have him write something different about you, something that would sort of like, Level the playing field a little bit, maybe not such a glowing praise, something yeah. that would keep people's expectations realistic. What would you have had him write instead? Yeah, I, hey, Brahms, give him a listen. Just give him a listen. Go see his shows, live shows. Don't just uh, get the music for free. Just pay to so, go see it in person. Don't so, like something like a hey guys, if you like what you see, hit subscribe. <laughs> Patreon, watch, well, go rate, Patreon. review, subscribe. That's where Tell the content your friends, is. Leave a comment. All, right. Every little bit helps. That's how we do it. There's lots behind the paywall. That's mm-hmm. right. So that's that's basically what I was like. You I just need like, the bust in the seats. You know what would be great is tell your don't like go to your friend's house with a bunch of sheet music. Yeah. And like write down and copies of music. Copies yeah. Of music from your copies friend. Copies that sheet music. Don't Buy just, your own copy yeah. or go see me live. Yeah, that's right. So it's like, yeah, I got to sell all these live shows. Mm-hmm. So. That's Did you have merch? Tons of merch. <laughs> That's how you tons make your money on the road. Yeah, I, I got like I, frilly blouses with your name on it. Yeah, and wigs. You can have one of my wigs, my wigs, 
and Viggs. Oh, you should have sold. You should have sold your Muller disguise. Oh, that would have been so good. Glasses, good beard, yeah. wig. All attached. It's like, hey, you can also be Johnny B. <laughs> that's that's what I should have done. You can but, also prank your friends and be music director Mueller. That's right. Oh, that's that right. Would have been so a, fun. Oh, popular Halloween mm-hmm. um, costume. Now, I uh, I read that you stayed friends with his wife for the rest of your life. Is that true? With uh, Schumann's wife? Schumann's oh. wife, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you can't keep uh, Johnny B away from the ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, she's my that good friend. Is, that's, a, that's a real Samantha move. Yeah, there, that's right. I, unapologetic. <laughs> Yeah. You remember when she was with that really young guy and it just didn't work out? Mm. That's oh, so sad. That's right. Well, we but don't they know. Still they stayed friends. We don't they know did, that it didn't work out. Yes. Yes. If you watch Sex in the City 1 and 2, the movies, uh, he's and in. And 2, they're still friends? That's the in one two, I didn't they're see. still friends, yes. <laughs> she is still doing his publicity. Mm. I can't believe you didn't see the one where they went to... Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Is that where it was? <laughs> oh, it's on HBO now, right now. You can oh, it's watch on HBO it. now, right now? Yeah. Oh. HBO now. HBO now, right now? Now, right now. Turn it on. HBO now. Why I mean, are we talking when we could be watching well, we could Sex and the City 2? On HBO now right now. Yeah, that's um, right. I, see, here's the thing. If you stop watching Sex and the City um, after the TV show and you don't watch the movies, mm-hmm. then Samantha is still with that young guy. That's you know? Right. So, yeah. like, I didn't watch the movies, so that's just... The way that that's, that show ended. Sorry, spoilers. All their lives, spoilers. all their lives are great. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Samantha's still with that young guy. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte's with the bald dude. They have kids together. Yeah. What uh, a charmed life you lead. Carrie, Carrie's with Mr. Big, oh. and uh, Miranda and Steve have their place out in Brooklyn with their kids. There's a lot that happens with Steve. I say, There's I, a lot that happens. You with know Steve. what? Not to me. Not to me. They're just they're just living their lives. They're having a great time. Wow. And I wasn't I, really sure how I felt about the way that they handled the Steve storyline. I'll be real honest. <laughs> in yeah. the movie, I'm not sure. God, I'm so curious. I, in part now. one, I'm really not sure. I'm really mm-hmm. not sure. Yeah. I'm so curious now. He does a thing, and then a lot of the ladies sort of have a weird justification for the thing that he does. And mm-hmm. I just, I wasn't. I mean, maybe I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. it just it did feel like just watching it. Like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I don't As, know. And then in part two, Liza Minnelli sings all the single ladies oh, by Beyonce I at the wedding. I have to watch it's him now. Ridiculous. I have to watch it now. You have to watch it. Ugh. All right. There's, well, a spoiler alert: there is no plot at all. <laughs> no plot. You know what? Any any time, any time. You know those people who always like to say Bob Fosse did it first. Whenever they talk about the single ladies video, mm-hmm. anytime somebody else puts that up, then put. Liza Minnelli, Liza Minnelli singing Minnelli. single ladies up and say, you know what, if, if, if Liza's fine with it, then probably it's okay. You know That's what, it. Beyonce did it first, Liza did it better. Yes. I don't even mean that, I just mean like, they must be fine with it, yeah. everybody must be okay. Everyone's cool. Okay, everyone's Everybody's dope cool. then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's move back over to uh, uh, Hunter S. Thompson for just a moment. So in 1970, you ran for the sheriff position of Pitkin County, Colorado on the Freak Power ticket. Uh, which was a short-lived political party whose platform included decriminalization of drugs, tearing up streets and turning them into grassy pedestrian malls, mm-hmm. banning tall buildings, disarming the police force, and renaming Aspen to Fat City to deter investors. And uh, <laughs> that's good. It really good. tickled you, Brahms. Yeah. I, I if I was funny. going to make a joke, I wouldn't need one. Yeah. Uh, I. But I, I got to say, I don't think that naming a city Fat City would have deterred investors. That sounds kind of dope, Fat City. Like, that sounds like the new Motown. P-H-A-T. Hitsville, yeah, USA. Mm-hmm. I'm moving to Fat City, Fat man. City. That sounds crazy. Yeah, that was, the, that was it was going to be a writer's commune. It was going to be like a place where writers could go and they could get to the truth and the heart of the matter and mm. say, where do you write Fat City? Fat City. And like, it writes itself. Yeah, but I mean, like, that wouldn't have stopped businesses from coming into Aspen. They're like, what's why the name of the there's town? Tons of, why would it? There's tons of writers there. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good point. Um, but see, those are some bold, somewhat outlandish policy positions. You know, do, were there any other things that Freak Power was about? Sure, you know? sure. I mean, you would have hated it. We would have outlawed marrying horses. Okay. Oh. All right. Yeah. Outlawed... You, you would hate that, would, Jared. I'm fine with that. As far as I know, it's illegal to marry a horse today. So We would have outlawed headphones. Headphones. Yeah. Interesting. Listen to it with people or not at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can't listen to your own music. We are listening to music together. Yeah. We listen yeah. as a co- as a community or nothing at all. Yeah. Mm. I'll play you some music right now. Okay. Both hands. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so no, no chairs. No oh. chairs. Mm -hmm. Interesting. How come How come no chairs? How are you going to paste if you have a chair? Mm, interesting. Mm. Now, Honest, honestly, I don't know if you've ever done, and we don't need to get into it, but uh, if you have like a salt shaker of cocaine, you're not going to sit down. You are going to paste. You are going to walk around, and it's like, why have a chair there? It's getting in the way of my pacing. People who do cocaine tend not to want to sit down. They have a lot of energy. Mm. They mm -hmm. want to get up and do things. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which is why I was, I doesn't, uh, you know what, I'm not going to say that. They sometimes like to, they sometimes <laughs> like to wear suits and uh, and uh, marry horses. Mm. Yeah. Some people, I'm sure, not this guy, oh, not this guy no. over here. Mm -hmm. I may have a lot of energy. I, Jared, and I, I saw your date book for today, and it has <laughs> says horse wedding. That is not. <laughs> that's what that's, it says in your date book. But that's not me marrying a horse. What? I'm <laughs> going. Like I'm going to a ceremony of two horses marrying each other. Also, not a job interview. It's a, okay, Story wait, all comes right, out. Right, wow. Okay, okay, okay. Wow. Okay, I was a little embarrassed that I was going to witness two horses getting married to each other, so I made up the job interview. Oh. So I made it up. But oh. I am not marrying a horse. Oh, oh, Hold up. Okay. I, 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 I want to write about this event. I'm going to write about this event. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, he's taking all the drugs. He just did a, he, <laughs> I couldn't bring in my food, but he can bring all the drugs in. <laughs> Brahms, would you like some? Oh yes, my God. I would. Okay, pow. Oh my God. Hunter S. Thompson just shot a cannon of heroin into Brahms' mouth. Well, now that you guys are all hepped up on goofballs, so now you're going to write about the horse wedding, Hunter S. Thompson. Okay, so coming down the aisle is Haldeman. Haldeman is a motherfucker. He is a piece of shit. And then uh, also coming down the aisle is G. Gordon Liddy, and I'm going to murder him from my mind. I'm going to murder him from my oh mind. My goodness, and he's my going wording. straight to jail. <laughs> straight to jail. And then I get really quiet and I start thinking about, wait a minute, this movement, is it real? Is it a real movement? Oh. Wait, what's that sound? Wait, who are you? Are you listening to me? I was there. And that's Here the comes the bride, <laughs> all dressed in white. Oh. So that would be like a Gonzo-style article about me going to a wedding of two horses. I'm doing it right now. Interesting. Yes. That's you in the wedding. Wow. Because you say, wait, hold on. If someone <laughs> has something to say, it's me. I'm Jared Berenstein, and I want to marry this horse. Now you this think, horse to marry this horse. Okay, you think I'm going to this horse wedding so I can <laughs> break stop it. Horse, so horse. I can break it up? Yes. So I can confess yeah. my love to yeah. the bride Ik horse? Ich horse. <laughs> Oh, not, here comes the horse right now. That's We're leading the horse into the studio. That's not what I'm doing. See, I'm, I have no emotional attachment to this horse that you brought into the studio. I'm not I'm going to officiate this wedding right no, now. Don't marry. Oh, do not marry me to a horse. I'm going to officiate this wedding right now. It's legal. I, listen, it's legal. I have other questions I need to ask Brian. Do you horse? Do you so, horse? You know what? Take a chair. <laughs> Okay. Clear yes. We are clearly the support of Patreon. Quickly you... running out of time here, uh, so I wanted to ask. Let's let's finish with this. Uh, okay. Fear and loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> Fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Your most famous work, Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, you were hired by Sports Illustrated to write 250 words on the Mint 400 motorcycle race in Las Vegas, for which you submitted 2,500 words which was aggressively rejected by Sports Illustrated. And I was curious what that meant exactly for something to be aggressively rejected. You send them 2,500 words, they only ask for 250, and they aggressively rejected. What did that mean exactly? Oh. Yes, I went into the offices and Terry Bradshaw came over and he tackled me to the ground. And then Muhammad Ali came over and he punched me in the face. I'm sorry, so Sports Illustrated office, there's just like a whole bunch of athletes just hanging around? Yes, yeah. and then Billie Jean King said, get a real load of this, you motherfucker. And she stabbed me in the face. She stabbed oh. you in the face with a, with a tennis racket? No, with a flaming sword. Oh, That's Jesus. where I got it. That's where ah. I got it. So I got Billie this Jean one. King. You see this? You see this? Written yeah. on the side of it. To Hunter Thompson, love Billy King. So you, so you guys were close then. Because wow. she oh, called yes. you Hunter Thompson. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. That's, that makes that's the real close. battle of the sexes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so then, then uh, and then, so I went to the lowest common denominator magazine I could find, which is Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone, edited, oh, of course, by ben our good friend Ben, ben, ben Fong Torres. And the guy, uh, oh, God. <laughs> Rain Wilson played him. 
We can we can Google this after the show. Go on the Patreon page if you want to find out. Yeah, go on the Patreon. We will let you know exactly which actor Hunter S. Thompson is thinking of, which character. But unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this week's episode. It's not my time. Famous dead people. I would like to thank my guests, Hunter S. Thompson and Johannes Brahms, for joining me in the studio today. One final question for you both. Do either of you have any comedy shows or Twitter accounts or comedians that you're really big fans of that you want to tell people about? Uh, Hunter S. Thompson, anything you want to tell people about? Sure. If you like an improvised 1940s sci-fi radio show that's performed under the ground, then go to Caveat once a month and see X plus one. Mm, go check that out. And, uh, and Johannes Brahms. Uh, if you are on the Twitter, at Gray Megan, G-R-A-Y-M-E-G-A-N. For the, for the Twitter, that's what it's for. Also, I love the improv <laughs> comedy. Uh, the Armando Diaz Experience, 7.30 at The Magnet on Saturdays. Wonderful. Go check out all those shows. You can see my stuff at jarrettbarenstein.com. That's where I pull all the information on my upcoming shows and upcoming projects. Uh, buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It's out now. If you were listening to this on the radio, please find the podcast version. Rate and subscribe. Uh, tell your friends how great it is. Leave a comment. And mark your calendars. March 24th at 9 p.m. The Magnet Theater is my annual birthday show, The Sporty 40. We're doing this year. There's going to be free beer, special guest, stand-up sketch. It's going to be a hoot and a holler. Your horse wife. My <laughs> live wedding. A live wedding. March 24th at 9 p.m. at The Magnet Theater. If you have any questions you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, email it to us at famousdeadpeopleatradiofreebrooklyn.org. We will try to have them on as soon as we can. We are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Let me now kiss this horse. No, today is uh, March 6th. Uh, it's a Wednesday in the year of our goddamn God 2019. <laughs> All right. Who cares what today is? It's one more day towards the grave. <laughs> All right. We got a real nuance. <laughs> Johannes Brahms there. I was prescribed a trip to Boca <laughs> by my doctor. Oh my god! It's only half covered. Isn't that bullshit? <laughs> bullshit. Oh my god, Cigna. <laughs> Here we go.